When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghosts in the Night, a Haunting and Paranormal Podcast. This is episode number 75, and today we're talking about dark shadow figures. Um, what are they? What do they mean? How do you know if you have a problem? Are they evil? Things such as that. And then we're adding another segment to the episode where I give some shout-outs to some of my new Twitter followers. So let's go ahead and get the podcast started. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. Now, when it comes to dark shadow figures, when it comes to the paranormal, why does it happen? What are they? A lot of people think that maybe it's a family trait. It can be passed on from generation to generation. That I'm not completely 100% sure of. It is a, it is pretty, it's not uncommon, but it's not super common either. I've had a lot of experience. I've been on a lot of investigations and I've only had maybe three or four experiences with shadow figures. So it's not overly common, but it's, it does happen. And there's a lot of reasonings for it. And there's a lot of different opinions on what they are. Now, I want to get this one started by talking about my experiences, like I stated in the past, I've had several experiences in my life throughout my life since I've lived in several houses with a lot of activity. My first experience that I remember, I should say, of dealing with or seeing a shadow figure would be from my childhood in my old home, which had where I had most of my activity happen to me or I experienced most of the activity in my childhood. I lived in a few different homes, but this one place was stuck out to me. It was very active. And this is where I first had my encounter with a uh, shadow person. This one, I'll kind of get into it because this, there is, there are some experiences that state they have red eyes or greenish eyes or whatever. I will talk a little bit more about that in the uh, latter part of this episode, but my experience was, and let me just kind of set the scene. I was in the living room, laying on the couch, and if I looked towards the kitchen, the hallway, the kitchen was in full view, and there was the upstairs stairs, and we had a mirror right there at the bottom. And I might have even mentioned this in a, a previous episode, but I don't remember. If I have, if you've heard it, I apologize if you're new. I'm going to share it now. 
But anyway, there was a mirror at the bottom of the steps. So from laying on the couch in that position, I could see from the couch to the top of the stairs. And I was sitting in the living room watching television, laying on the couch. And look, I just ha- kind of looked that way. And in the mirror, I saw a reflection of something that was not moving down the stairs, but it was sitting there, or not sitting there, standing there. I couldn't tell whether sitting or standing. That's really irrelevant. But I could see this figure, dark mass, darker than the area around it. And it was a figure of a person, or it was a humanoid-type figure. And it did have two eyes. I will talk about the red eyes of the uh, shadow figures a little bit later on in the podcast, like I said. But it was just there. I didn't, it didn't move. I couldn't, it didn't scare me. It didn't, I didn't freak out. I didn't go running to find my parents or anything. I just looked at it. And from what I remember, it was just like, okay, that's, that's weird. Now, by this time I'd heard door slam. I'd heard weird noises. So I was accustomed to it. I understood. I didn't fear it, but it was just interesting. And, you know, that was, it didn't last long. I just, you know, it was there. It seemed like it was there for a long time, but it could have only been 10, 12, 20 seconds, somewhere that, somewhere in that time frame. I blinked or looked away, looked back, and it was gone. So that was my first encounter. Now, more recently, um, you know, you can catch shadow figures in still photography, and I did this. Now, when I went on my first paranormal investigation, I went to Rawls Opera House, and I've talked about this in previous episodes. I've on many different episodes. And my first investigation, I was taking pictures and didn't notice anything. It was a digital photo, digital camera. I didn't notice anything right off the bat when I was kind of reviewing on the spot or throughout that evening. But when I got back the next day and started to really review the evidence or reviewing my footage from video and still photography and listening to the audio. I noticed after looking at this one picture several times and missing it once or twice, what seemed to be a shadow figure. And now if you're watching the YouTube video, I will put it a picture of it on the screen. You know, there's a picture of it on the screen right now. So if you definitely want to see the photo, you can either go to my Twitter at night underscore ghost or just watch the video for this particular episode you know, see what I'm talking about, but I caught this image, what appears to be a dark mass in the shape of a person. There was a flash on the camera, so it's somewhat lit, and it looks to be a translucent dark figure right in the middle of the picture, and I shared it with the people on the investigation, or that I went with on the investigation. Is it a shadow person? I'm not 100% sure. I went back you know, a few months later, tried to recreate it, tried to debunk it. And the only conclusion that I could definitely come to was that whatever it was, if it was a shadow figure, it was very tall. I had somebody standing there that was, you know, just to try to see if, just for a size comparison, I stood in the exact same spot, exact exact same direction, took the picture. And whatever it was, it was very big or very tall. I couldn't make out, I don't, I couldn't debunk it. You can see the window. It was not anything casting a shadow because the only light source 
in that room was for my camera. Nothing was behind me, and there was no light behind me, like I said. So I don't know. It perplexed me. I don't understand. I don't know what it is. But the funny thing is, is that is the experience that has been documented by numerous amounts of people, by the owners. And this is a very well-known haunted location that gets investigated all the time. And this is something that people have experienced. They have actually seen what seems to be a shadow figure going from the men's bathroom or the woman's bathroom to the male's bathroom. That, where I took the picture, is pretty much right in between those two bathrooms. So it fits that in that regard. So I don't know. If you want, let me know. Send me an email at gitnpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you think once you've checked out the photograph. If you have an opinion, love to hear it. Now, even more recently, now I've said my previous home that I lived in had activity. I've just recently moved. Not really nothing, even though in the last episode I did talk about I think things might start happening. There have been some little um, knocks, some little bangs, some weird noises, maybe even some scratches from some of the people in the house. So maybe some stuff might be starting to move into this location. But I did have an experience at this new new home, and that is at night, on two different occasions, I was laying in bed or sleeping, woke up, which I often do throughout the course of the night, and kind of looked off to the left towards the bathroom, and I did see what appeared to be a dark figure. Now, was this just... Me coming out of a deep sleep, light coming in from the window, maybe casting a weird shadow with the curtains. I don't know. Whatever on both occasions, and one they were in two different locations, but in the same general area, but not in the exact same spot. I don't know whether it was a shadow. It very well could be. It could have just been my imagination. This room is pretty dark, but I looked, and there on both occasions there was some. Looked like some figure actually standing there. Now, I did not notice any movement. It did not last very long. So maybe my eyes were a little out of focus. That very well could be a possibility. And you can't rule that out whenever you're doing an investigation or you have this type of experience. You can't rule out your eyes focusing and some other things that I would talk about with when it comes to your mind playing tricks on you or your mind fooling you a little bit. Okay, now let's talk a little bit more about these dark shadow figures. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to it. They seem to take many forms. They can take a humanoid type figure, actually be the silhouette of a person. Be I've heard stories of silhouettes of an animal, or you could just see partial, like from the waist up of a human. But it could be anything. It even could just be a blob, just a darker area or a circle, some kind of shape or almost look like a cloud of just darkness that seems to be darker than dark. Now, what are these? Are these evil? And if we're being completely and totally honest with ourselves, nobody really knows. Some people have terrifying encounters and other people, like my experiences, you know, are just kind of benign. They, you know, I didn't get any, I wasn't scared. I didn't get any dark feelings or feeling dark energy 
you know, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, it just depends on the person. How you feel at the time of your encounter or you actually seeing these things, that plays a role in it. If you feel like something's more negative, if you feel like you're coming across something more negative, then maybe it could be evil. But just because it's a shadow person does not make it evil. Does not mean you're dealing with a demonic entity. And let's be honest, religion plays an enormous role in this. Because if you listen to people of faith talk, I've covered this in a previous episode where I talked a little bit about Satanism and stuff. Religious people have a tendency to have this. If you're not with us, you're against us. If it's not holy, then it is demonic, it is evil. And if you are a person with this kind of philosophy, this kind of mindset, you might think that a shadow person is more evil. A shadow person could be a demon. So your background, your belief system plays a large role in this. But most encounters are pretty benign. They don't, they don't do a lot. Now, I'll kind of talk about um, some of the more aggressive encounters or reports of encounters in a little bit, but there's not much interaction when it comes to an encounter with a shadow person or a shadow entity or whatever you want to call them. They even tend to be shy. They tend to be very timid. You might even see the shadow figure scurry if it is intelligent, if it actually sees that you have noticed it or picked up on its presence. You might see it scramble away or run or just try to get away. They seem to be timid. They seem to be very shy if you acknowledge their existence, essentially. Now, some... Encounters can be super scary. And most of the times, they're like my more recent experiences, or my most recent experience with these figures. They're nighttime, they're coming out of sleep. You could be having a bad dream or whatever. But this can be a terrifying experience. Now, a lot of it has to do with the nighttime, a lot of it has to do with you're not suspect, you're not expecting it. You are not looking for it. If you're doing an investigation, that's a different story. You're not as susceptible to being scared if you are actually doing an investigation. But when you're just waking up or you're laying in your bed at night and you see something, that can be a little bit more terrifying. So that mental aspect of that does play a very big role in how you perceive this. Now, there have been even reports of these entities holding you down and you know, not letting you move, which, you know, a lot of scientists have related that to late paralysis, which is what keeps us from acting out our dreams. It's just us coming out of a, a deep sleep, our body's still in that sleep paralysis mode, but we start to regain consciousness and we can't move and it freaks us out and we attribute that to the spirit or the dark shadow trying to hold us down. I mean, that that depends on the person. It's a case-by-case situation. If I can't discount that completely, it's very well could be. But, you know, you can't 
automatically assume that that reason or that explanation is 100% accurate with every account. There has to be some leeway. There has to be some room to make a judgment call. Now, I've even heard of some situations where people have been charged. And that goes a complete 180 from the timid or the, you know, shy type shadow person. Some people have experienced this where if they notice it or they see something and they acknowledge it, it charges. I've never had that happen. I would say, from my experience, it's always been more of a timid, but almost a curious type fascination with us. If I had to put it in a box or talk about it, that would be what I had would say. It is a more of a timid, more of a curiosity-based approach that they take. Now, if I had to guess and I had to make, if you put a gun to my, my head and told me to pick, what do I think they are? Are they evil? Are they, you know, just spirits? I would have to say they're both. There's... Doesn't it doesn't have to be one or the other? There's multiple. I've spoken on this many times throughout this podcast or on Twitter or whatever or on in other videos. I've said it doesn't have to be one or the other. There's two sides to every coin. There is balance in the universe, and there is balance with this as well. There might be evil. There might be good. And a combination of everything combination of both in all of it. Now, are these human or are these non-human? There is a sect that believes with 100% certainty that these are demonic, these are non-living spirits. They feel that they've never been human, which automatically puts them in the demonic category in their minds. But there's no proof of that either. There's no proof of any of this. These are just Theories here, these are just us trying to figure this out. But to say that they are a demon or say that they are all of them are 100% evil is a dangerous assumption because this can cause fear. If you are preaching that they are 100% evil, 100% demonic, and then somebody goes out and encounters that same activity or that same spirit person, then you are causing fear, and that will cause the brain to act strange. That will cause you to immediately go into panic mode. If you assume evil or negativity, that is what you're going to experience. And that is not the best way to investigate, because you want to be open, you want to have a clear head and analyze your experiences, analyze your evidence. And when you are fear-based, that will cause problems that will skew your perception, and that just makes your job that much more harder and could cause you to put something in the paranormal category that doesn't deserve to be in the paranormal category. But let's, if I had to narrow this down of why people automatically assume they're evil or demonic, let's face it, evil or demons is like sex now. Sex sells evil and demon sells. This is why the paranormal world is gone demon crazy. This is why paranormal reality shows push the demonic or evil agenda. They know they can get views. 
they know they can get viewership and which in return causes more money and extends their contracts. And, or if you're on YouTube, it gets more clicks or if you have a blog or whatever, or a webpage or whatever, you push the evil agenda. You automatically assume everything's evil. Everything's demonic. That sells. That's going to get more eyes on the, your content. And especially when you throw in this religion aspect of it, that can really throw in the fear aspect of dealing with these things. They push the fear aspect. It is a fear-based dichotomy. All religions push the fear. That's how they keep the congregations, keep their followers, keep everybody in line by them being scared for their eternal souls. With When it comes to religion, everything's black or white. You're either with us or you're against us. Let's be honest. Reality in the real world does not work that way. There's shades of gray. It's not black and white. So if someone is pushing the demonic shadow person as evil, as something that's there to drag you to hell or to or doing something to hurt you in some way, Odds are they're religious, they're pushing their agenda. It's not always the devil. I think we give him, her, it, whatever the devil is, too much credit for this type of activity. But you can't say it's never evil, it's never demonic. And I, you know, I just want to reiterate that. Some are negative, and some are just everyday run of the middle spirits. We, this might just be how they are able to manifest themselves. This might just be the amount of energy that they have to work with, this is just how we perceive that form. So both are probably correct. Neither is wrong. And you also have to take into account that if it is a spirit, that spirit, I firmly believe, will actually project its own identity. If they were evil in life, then they might be a little bit more evil in the afterlife. So that plays into it as well. So, before you make any assumptions, before you form 100% opinion of whether or not it's evil or whatever, if, if you have experienced this, there's certain things you need to do. You have to figure out what you're dealing with. So, this is how you know what, which is which. If you're dealing with something more evil, something more demonic, or it's just something that random activity. And there might be a residual aspect to this as well. And that's just how we see it. So I don't know, but you have to do some investigation if you have to investigate it if you're looking to find some answers, if you're experiencing this or you experience this in an investigation. You need to keep a journal. Whenever you experience something like this, write it down. Make a note of how you feel, what the atmosphere was like. Did you have, you know, a, a gut feeling that something was wrong or you had dread, you sensed that something was extremely negative in the room. If you see one, pull out a digital recorder. You might catch some EVPs. And that might lead you down a certain path and maybe help you get some answers of what you're dealing with. Something more demonic, something more evil. Or just a spirit looking to reach out. Or was it just, you know, your mind playing tricks on you? If you get nothing, that's very possible. And you have to keep that door open. 
Some people have heard noises when they see shadow figures, growls, bangs, knocks, shuffling. You know, you make a note of that. If that's what you're hearing, make a note of it. Keep that journal. But most importantly, trust your gut. If you feel something is more negative or you're alarmed or it puts you on high alert, you might be dealing with something that's a little darker. But the only way to 100% know or at least get some closure or peace of mind is to actually investigate, write it down, do some simple investigation techniques, and hopefully get some answers. Now let's talk about some high-profile type of uh, shadow figures. Now, like I mentioned earlier, the experience I had with um, shadow figures with eyes, with mainly red, or sometimes they can be green. You know, I've heard both reported. The experience I had was red, and 100% it's always seems to be associated with evil or demonic activity. I can't 100% disagree with that, but my experience that I had, it really wasn't, I did, it wasn't dread. I didn't, or dread didn't come over me. I wasn't scared. So I can't completely disagree with it, but my experience didn't seem to be evil or demonic. But interesting side note, my home life at that point after that basically went sideways a little bit after that encounter, after that experience. Alcoholism, divorce, you know, it's everything seemed to spiral, start spiraling out of control. Now, was that because that was something darker, something more evil? Very well possibly could have been. Now, on the other side of that, I'm older now, and I know more things about my childhood, or I was privy to more information than I was back then. So things got crazy a long time before I started to perceive it, or before I really knew it. So that was just the, the ending to the story, rather than what some felt, what I felt like was the beginning, or maybe whatever it was pushed things over the edge. You know, that's a question. I'll probably never have the answer to, but it's good for speculation. Now, let's talk about Batman for a little bit. Now, Batman really leans more towards urban legend. Now, basically, Batman is a shadow person that appears to be wearing a hat of some sort, whether it be a cowboy hat, fedora type thing. Oftentimes, it does have the reddish or greenish eyes, but not always. It also naturally is associated more with evil or demons, but being an urban legend, that's to be expected. Most of the time, people that are experiencing this don't have experience with it, so they automatically push things they don't understand or they don't know anything about or have never experienced before. It scares them, and they push it into the evil side. <clears throat> now, it could just be a coincidence that it appears to have a hat. I don't know. It could just be how our eyes are perceiving it, our brains are making it think that there's something on top of the head. But you have to really focus in on that. You ha If you see that, you can't cower in fear. You have to be calm and really get a good look. Now, a lot of times this happens quickly and you don't get that look and our memories aren't the best, so it can be skewed. But you have to honestly 
understand that when you're frightened, when you're scared, that your mind can play tricks on you and it'll make you see things that aren't really there or that will make you see something in something that isn't really there. A shape, it'll form the shape in your mind when it, that's really not what, it's, what it looks like or what it's doing. Just keep an open mind and understand that that's what you're dealing with. Sometimes, and that is why the investigation part of it is so important. You need to understand what you're dealing with or what possibly caused that encounter or what's the rational explanation for it. Now, there are some people and some paranormal investigators that things like Slender Man, Black Eyed Children, and even the Men in Black into um, this category of shadow figures. Now, I personally think that's crazy. Shadow figure is something that doesn't necessarily have a face. You can't make it out. And these are all more urban legend type things. Now, Hatman, I would throw in that because it fits more of the Shadow Man or Shadow figure or Shadow person right here because it's just the Shadow person with a hat. But these other things like Slender Man, Black Eyed Children, in which I'm probably going to do a Slender Man um, episode here at some point for the Patreon account or maybe a full-blown episode and i've covered black-eyed children before these are all associated with evil so they group it all together so i'm not really going to say that they are i think they are a separate category because these are more detailed but they are more urban legend there's no there's no proof of any of it but i think these could be especially like in the case of slender man a story a contest winner that just took off, went viral with the internet, and now everybody seems to think it's a real thing. Very well possible. People have had num- numerous accounts with that, with the black-eyed children and the men in black, because there is a sect that thinks that there might be some alien-type stuff involved in the shadow people. That might be a bit of a, bit, bit of a stretch, but I'm also open to the fact that it all is intertwined. It's all related. And we're dealing with dimensions, and they could all be one and the same. It's just how we perceive them. But no matter what, those type of entities are more creatures or whatever, are more evil, so they all group them together. And I think you have to separate them. I think those are two different things that you have to look at. So... I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. If you want to group them all together, go ahead. But no matter what, whatever you take away from this, I want you to know, don't fear it. Whenever you fear anything, it's just going to make it worse. So if you're having this experience and you immediately go into fear mode, if it is evil, it will draw on that. It will give gain more. So you have to keep a calm, rational head on your shoulders. And that would be my best advice. So if you have any questions, be sure to send me an email at gitmpodcast at gmail.com. I will be more than happy to talk to you about it. If you've had experience, let me know, reach out, and maybe we can have you on the podcast so you can share that experience. Okay, now let's get to the Twitter shoutouts, which is something new I want to start doing. Now, I've been doing shoutouts for new followers on Twitter through tweets, but I wanted to add it into the podcast, so I'm going to start mentioning those new followers on Twitter 
at the end of every podcast or whatever, however it shakes out. But so let's go ahead and get started. First, I want to I want to thank all these new followers. Black Road Hauntings, you can find them at Oregon Hauntings, Mainstream Paranormal Podcast at Mainstream Para One, Kai Grahams at Kylie Graham 0419, Shadow of the Unknown Paranormal at SOTUP11, Opry at Ottawa Paranormal, The Absolute Money at The Absolute Mon 1, The First Next Step Podcast, you can find them at The First Next ST1, Coley at Coley UFO, Ruth at Tog underscore Ogley, that's T-O-G underscore P-O-G-L-E, and P-I-G crew at crew P-I-G. Those are all my new followers. I want to thank them personally for taking the time to actually follow me and interact with us here at the podcast via Twitter, basically, and even some have subscribed to the YouTube channel. That is awesome. If you haven't, be sure to go ahead and subscribe. But thank you for taking the time to follow me. So if you're listening to this, head on over to Twitter and give them a follow as well. I know some of these have YouTube channels as well, especially I know Black Haunting does, and I've subscribed to him, and I'm checking out his stuff. So once again, thank you for choosing to follow me. I appreciate it greatly. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode. So if you have any questions, you have any comments, be sure to leave a comment on the comment page of the YouTube or send me an email, or you can do it at Twitter. Once again, the email is at gitnpodcast at gmail.com. Also, Twitter, you can find me at night underscore ghost. I think that's it. Don't forget, all the show notes are at ghostinthenightpodcast.com. That's ghost without the S. So, ghostinthenightpodcast.com. You can leave a comment there at the show note page, or you can pick up a t-shirt. We do have a Patreon account at, or I think it's Patreon backslash Ghost in the Night. I have a few Patreon-only videos up there now. I'm actually getting ready to do one right now. That'll be up there the next day or so. So be sure to become a Patreon and get that extra or bonus content. And I think that's going to wrap it up. So until next week, take care, everybody. charge hot and iced coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile, we're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine and pair it with snackable stuffed bagel minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.
The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and (coughs) sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations.